In Spanish, its name means the Meadows. You might know it as the entertainment capital of the world, Lost Wages, or simply Sin City. Of course, I'm talking about fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. On average, 42 million people visit Las Vegas every year, and I'm one of them. I love this city. The sights, the sounds, the shows, the people, the history. I want to share all of it with you. Taking you to the world-famous Vegas Strip and beyond, my name is Jeff, and this is the Jeff Does Vegas Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the best of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. One of the things I've enjoyed the most about doing this podcast is helping all of you guys plan your own trips to Las Vegas, and I've been able to do that in a couple of different ways. Firstly, with my trip report episodes, I've loved being able to share my Vegas experience with you and provide you with reviews of hotels, restaurants, shows, attractions, and anything else that I've gotten up to during my time in the city. Secondly, through the various conversations I've had with Vegas-related experts who I've recruited to help answer your questions on a variety of topics. Over the last couple of years, we've covered tipping etiquette, where to find the best late-night eats, how to plan an epic girls' trip, and even what not to do. As you start making plans for potential trips in the coming year, I thought it might be wise to reshare some of these tips and tricks. Enjoy. We begin by heading all the way back to episode number 16, Classic Vegas Mistakes, sharing everything you shouldn't do on a Vegas trip, but probably have. Here's author and casino industry veteran, David DeMont Mullen. First one is your group that you're going to travel to Vegas with, right? Can't have too few, can't have less than three, can't have too many, can't have more than eight. If you go either kind of way, that becomes becomes difficult. But also, it's, if you want to you want to invite people that are in the same kind of similar financial status with you, um, and the same sort of kind of attitude with you, right? A one person can bring down a Vegas vacation pretty quick. I, I've been on groups where I was with there with a super rich guy, and he was buying bottles at the tables, and you know he wanted us to split the fee, and we're like you know broke to inviting a guy that um, just broke up with his girlfriend, and the whole time he's you know drunk dialing her and crying and all this sort of stuff and just kind of just ruins the whole trip. So your invite group, the first thing you got to think about. One of the big things also is don't invite yourself on somebody else's group, right? People go, oh, I'm going to Vegas next week. They're like, okay, I'm going to go too. Can I just crash your room? Right? Horrible mistake, right? Unless somebody asks, hey, join us in Vegas. Don't don't jump on their trip with them, right? Um, number two would be uh, your hotel choice. You know, a lot of people think they're not going to spend any time in their hotel. They go, oh, yeah, just whatever. I'm just going to be sleeping there a couple hours a night. I'm going to be partying on the strip and gambling. It, your hotel serves as kind of your center home base to your whole uh, Vegas adventure, right? You spend a lot more time in there than you think. You know, you start your mornings there. You probably have your first meal there. You probably have your last meal there. You're the, the center bar of the hotel you're staying at serves as the kind of the meeting area for your group, right? And it's kind of your de facto place. Um, yes, you'll be traveling to other hotels during that thing, but when you start going, hey, am I going to take a drive, um, you know, get a get an Uber or take a taxi, or am I going to start walking? You really got to think of the proximity of the hotel you're staying at to where um, your kind of your your area is going to be, right? So those two are kind of the first ones when you're planning out something. 
to uh, to really think about when you think about classic Vegas mistakes. It's funny that you talk about group size because I've done uh, a couple of different trips. I did a trip with a buddy of mine, just the two of us, which amazingly enough actually went pretty well. But I've also done the the group dynamic and and as you said it is very important to get that dynamic right in the group that i was in we did have that one guy who was the he was the debbie downer of the group right he was the one that (laughs) that you know you didn't he didn't want to do anything that anybody else wanted to do he complained about money the whole time he made the classic mistake my in my mind the classic mistake uh particularly when you're canadian like us and you got to be trying to bring u.s cash of not getting his money ahead of time. Mm. So he was hitting up ATMs while he was down there. And of course, then complaining about the amount of money that he was spending on ATM fees. The the group was like eight of us. So, you know, trying to herd cats to get anybody together to do anything. So I get, I absolutely get the, the group dynamic and, and, and trying to find that, that, that absolutely perfect group of people to do a trip to Vegas with. Right. Yeah. It just doesn't happen by uh, by chance. You really got to think about it. Right. So I mean, I've had people, you know, just all of a sudden disappear. They get lost and then they decide they want to go home. They don't tell anybody. And you're just like, where are they? You know, it's so it's it's important on your on your group. You know, they, they can make and break the whole trip. Um, once you kind of have that planning set in stage about your group and your hotel choice, the next is to have some sort of plan. Right. Some sort of plan that, you know, you go to your people and say, Hey, this night we're going to do this. You know, we're going to do a show on this night. We're going to, you know, we'll try to hit up this this place and try to get some or understanding of what the plan is going to be. It doesn't ha- mean that you have to follow that plan to the T, but if you don't have a plan, what it's going to happen is something I call the group wander. The group wander is when the group gets together and they just start wandering around the hotels in the strip, kind of figuring out what they want to do, and. It's you're traveling in a group. So maybe one person eyes something They're like, oh, should we go over to that restaurant? But, you know, you're not getting the vibe of that. You want to recommend that to the group. So you just kind of keep walking around. It's kind of the worst thing that can happen. And I in my early trips to Vegas before I started working in the business, I had a lot of those group wanders. And I, I vowed myself, you know, never, never do that again. Again, another one that you're hitting that I've been the victim of on the, the one of the group trips that we did. We ended up down on Fremont Street. And and we did do the group wander and it was it was a nightmare. It was just, you know, oh, well, let's stroll into here and stroll over there and stroll there. Like, again, no plan of action, no idea. It was the plan literally was let's let's grab a a limo and go to Fremont Street. That was it. We had we had no idea what we were going to do once we got there. And and it showed horribly once we were there. So so that's a that's an excellent uh an excellent tip and an excellent point to avoid. Right, right. Happens all the time. Um, another big one is um, is what you're doing on each day in Vegas. So I kind of have this rule. It's day one, the arrival day, is kind of your partying day, right? It's a, it's a quick meal. It's um, go out and use that energy you have coming off the, you know, either driving into Vegas or coming off the, um, the plane and use that energy and build up a, a fun night. Now, the key also is – big mistake that people always make is is going way too hard on night one, right? They stay up until five or six o'clock in the morning. They're completely trashed. They end up sleeping out the whole next day away. They wake up at seven, eight o'clock at night on day two, missed out on the pool, missed out on, on, on the fun stuff during the, uh, during the daytime. And then just kind of, kind of get into this kind of drinking again. And then day three, they're just complete, completely toast. So 
don't go too hard on day one. So I always say day one is kind of for partying. Day two is for bonding. So bonding, as I mean, is you're doing some fun stuff together. That's when you have your big meal together, you know, your signature meal for the whole trip. And that's actually when you do a show. You know, it can be a comedy show. It can be Cirque. It can be, um, you know, abstinence. It just needs to be something where it's like you're doing stuff as a group, right? You don't want to have just two straight days of partying or it's kind of feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again. You want to be able to look back on the trip and go, oh, man, that first night was so fun. The next night we did this, right? And then finally, day three is all about relaxation and rejuvenation, right? This is the day that you go, you go to the spa. This is the day that you just – you know, get some room service, hang out by the pool for a little bit. You don't go too crazy on, on your on your last day. And personally, I don't recommend going more than two nights in Vegas, but you can stretch it out. But what ends up happening is you end up start doing either the partying night or the bonding night for a second or third time. And um, it's you really don't need that to have a memorable Vegas experience. And it's interesting that you mentioned about you know, more than two nights. I'm, I'm a three night guy for me. I come down from, from Calgary. So I'm, you know, it's a two and a half hour flight for me to get down. So it's not a horrible length of time for me to come. There's a lot of folks, of course, that come from overseas, come from far away and they're spending five, six, seven, ten days in Las Vegas. And I just, I can't even imagine like for me by the end of by day number three, I'm done. Like, I'm just, I'm finished with the people, I'm finished with the crowds, the noise, everything. Of course, as I'm sitting at the airport ready to get on my flight, I'm already starting to look at my calendar to plan out when I can make my next trip. But I just can't imagine spending that much time in in las vegas like it's just it's it's just too much absolutely when i when i see these overseas people say we're staying here for 10 nights i mean you're literally miserable by day four day five right (laughs) now you can sprinkle in uh, a trip to the grand canyon you could uh, do some other stuff but if you're planning that big of a trip you gotta focus on going to a couple other areas right as in like go somewhere and go hit napa for a couple days or hit hit uh you know hit Phoenix for a couple of days before or after, right? You never want to spend that many days in Vegas or you'll just be so sick of it. You won't want to come back anytime soon. Up next from episode number 53, Girls Gone Vegas. I'm joined by MJ and Bree, the hosts of the Keeping It Casual podcast, as they help you sort out the best period girls trip period ever, period. I think a lot of uh, people think they got to come to Vegas and spend a ton of money on a huge on these these resorts on the strip but honestly you could get great deals downtown yeah. which is a super fun place to be because El- at night club hopping and stuff El Cortez has um well they ha- don't go to the El Cortez El Cortez but they have a, a hotel behind their casino and it's an all suite hotel and it's very modern very yeah. fun and you split that with the girls and like say the Venetian is like what I don't know, $300 a night presidential suite. Forget it. $3,000 a night. Yeah. Go downtown, like do your research on some stuff, some downtown hotels, maybe some off the strip hotels. Yeah. But they're like can, adjacent to the strip. Yeah. And you yeah. can get great deals on bigger suites. Yeah. And That's you know what? I, what? I use like hotel.com and hotel tonight. I used hotel tonight once. This is just like a fun little off thing. If you're like, you know what? We paid for this crappy hotel, but we want one night with a really good hotel. I got a suite at the Hard Rock for 50 bucks on hotel tonight on Dude. Halloween once. Dude. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So every now and then just look. And if you want to like be on the strip and pay the extra money, you're like, I got daddy's credit card or whatever. <laughs> um, or my cos- new daddy. <laughs> yeah. Sugar daddy's credit card. Um, Cosmopolitan. 
Ooh. If it's worth oh, the money. Wow, yeah. That so one's good. worth the money. And and here's the thing to know, too. If you have a pool party, you have your eye on. Or a nightclub, you have your eye on. If you stay at that hotel, you get complimentary entry. Yep. So if you're coming in the summertime, pick a dope spot with a great pool because that's where you're going to be hanging. Like, look at look and see, like, oh, this DJ is going to be spinning. You could sit at a boring pool that's fabulous. Or you can go to one that's, like, serving cocktails, having a nightclub during the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Palms is so fun yeah. for that. Uh, MGM also has a yeah. lazy room. A park MGM has no, like Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay. Oh, Mandalay Bay Beach. Yeah, yeah Mandalay Beach is great. And if you want to go to a concert, if you're coming in the summer and there's a concert at the Mandalay Bay oh, Beach, man. oof. I I would recommend if you're going to come to the summer and you're going to go, your your dates are flexible. Check the concert calendar at Mandalay Beach because so many great shows, like 311 every year, all the great radio Sublime with Rome, Sublime, Dirty Heads, Revolution, Iration, stuff like that are going to be at Mandalay Beach. If you could kick it that weekend, you're going to get discount on tickets and everything. Yeah. Mm. And they have their topless pool there. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Mandalay Bay is, a, is another fave on the Strip. Yes. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we got hotels down. Yeah. Okay. What else now, do we need? <laughs> I, I, staying in the vein of hotels, this is a, a question that's always kind of fascinated me with with the girl trips is the rooming arrangements. Mm. Uh, How mm. many people in a room is too many? Dude, no more uh, than four. No, yeah, because there's only one shower. Yeah. And there's makeup everywhere. <laughs> and so you're going to have to sleep with your girlfriend if you guys are really crunching it. Do not try to stuff five in there unless you're going to be the bitch that pays $50 and sleeps on the floor. Or if you get a suite, there's also like, there's you can get a suite and there's usually at least two beds and a pull-out couch. Yeah. Which you could do. If you get a suite, you can bump up to at least six. But um, if you're going to do all that, make sure the guy you want to hook up with later has his own room because you don't know your girlfriends are going to be pissed if you have to put a sock on the door. All right. Here, here, here's a little here's a little uh, uh, fun slutty girlfriend weekend. You know, like you're out with your girlfriend. You guys are all shoving in a hotel room. You meet a hot guy. He's also on his bachelor party trip. You know, yeah. and he's like, oh, I'm rooming with too many guys. You can go on down to the green door. If you're not in, if you're not shy about people watching you have sex and you could actually just pay a little cover charge or the red rooster yeah both of them in the same shady plaza but um yes. i've been there before it's fine yeah i've been to the green door too it's fine um, you can voyeur you can uh have sex but you know a little hotel not hotel option and if that isn't an option for you Hotels.com, Hotels Tonight. Hotel Tonight. Yes. You can find your own room. Yeah, whatever y'all, you need y'all to can do. buy a room together. And, and I guess that also, too, that leads to, in a situation like this, is probably not, you don't want to cheap out, really. Yeah. Do yeah. you? Like you're doing a When you're doing trip. Vegas, no, yeah. don't no. cheap out. But, no. But downtown, I feel like it's. It's a better price point for like a more casual fun. So you can always yeah. Uber down to the strip and hit the club. Sure. Um, but I think as far as hotels, the nightlife down here is so casual. If you're a dude and you're coming to Vegas, like say you're doing a girl's trip, but one of you wants to bring your stupid boyfriend because you're Ugh. that close. Oh. Oh. Don't okay, do I'm it. Not, I don't know how to plan a girl's trip. Yeah. But even I sound, I feel like that's a <laughs> terrible idea. It is. Because I feel like it would be, a t- if, the, if the roles were flipped... Not to go too far off topic, but no. if the roles were flipped, you're yeah. if you were planning party. a boys' trip down, yeah. and the the ass that brings his girlfriend with yeah. him is all of the sudden the least popular person no. on the trip. No. True, and well, you don't want to be the girl. I mean, I 
I've been the girl on the trip with a bunch of guys. Not as a girlfriend, though. I've been I've gone yeah. as a bro. But you know, the, the guy <laughs> can cock block the girls harder than you'll ever imagine. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing: if you have a group of eight or more girls, you need to contact uh, contact the concierge because what they will do will hook you up with a free dinner. They do this at like Marquee. Uh, Marquis at the Cosmopolitan. Yes. Uh, Beauty in Essex. I just went there yeah. on Monday. We had a group of eight girls. They will serve you a free dinner. F- five course dinner, two free drinks, shots and everything. And all you do is tip. Then they will set you up with a free bottle and table inside the club. So you have to have like a minimum of eight girls. You will talk to a promoter. You can talk to the concierge and they yep. will set you up. Um, if not, slide into the DMs at MJ Radio Diva. I'm going to give you the scoop. Yep. Um, but... Yeah, and women can go, but anybody that has a guy with them, they can't come in. They're gonna have to pay full price. It's not for guys, but groups. And don't be in a t-shirt, dudes. No, no. you got to hit downtown if you want to get anywhere with a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. And uh, ladies, you know it's fun because uh, don't stress about the club dress code as much as you think you need to. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, wear your heels, but you can wear jeans and like a cute top and heels. You absolutely can. Yeah, yep. okay. um, and you don't have to wear the bandage dresses. Like honestly, no. I love my favorite look, especially summertime, is shorts, heels, and a sexy top. Hell yeah, I like that look. And wintertime, like when you just went, she called me and she was like, "I don't have anything to wear," and I was like, "Yes, you do. Let me go. Let me step into your closet in my mind." Because <laughs> I know, I, I mean, we're, we're we know each other very well. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like really well. It's weird. I don't know. Um, you know, and I was like, "Wear your blue jeans." Wear those heels that have the peekaboo toe and wear the lace bodysuit. And she was like, you're right. I know. And a fur coat. Break out the faux fur. I was like, bust out the fur coat. (laughs) Be bougie. It's fun. Next, from episode number 56, Midnight Munchies, Las Vegas foodie and Instagrammer Lindsay Stewart hops on the podcast to help you plan out your potential 3 a.m. restaurant stops along the way back to your hotel room. Just outside of the win is, of course, Tacos El Gordo. Yes. So have you been there, that taco spot? I have not. But again, this is another one of those places that's on my list. Okay. Yeah, it's great for street tacos for sure, especially late night. Let me just go all the way to the Cosmo. Okay. Because <laughs> that's where I'm at for Secret Pizza. Ah, uh, yes. Secret Pizza was on my list as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's like perfect drunk food right there. You can't go wrong. And Beauty and Essex at Cosmo is one of my favorites as well. And they always have – I like to kind of belly up to the bar and get that um, shrimp cocktail appetizer. They, like, soak the shrimp and brine them in this particular – whatever dressing they use uh so so good and then of course those um mac and cheese soup up soup dumplings oh my god so good that sounds amazing <laughs> you need to go to the to beauty and essex i always recommend the so the cosmo is like my favorite hotel so that's really what i center a lot of things around which i you've been to right yes. oh yeah no, numerous times numerous times just the whole ambiance of the whole place. It just feels so fun and exciting. And all the food there seems to be so good. Mm-hmm. So um, the one one place I wanted to bring up was Citizen. And that's inside of Mandalay Bay. And they're open 24 hours, I believe. But they have some really good food there. So that place, I feel like, gets overlooked a lot. Do you have any suggestions? 
<laughs> Secret Pizza was definitely on my list of late night places. It's funny. It always kind of comes up when people ask about best pizza in Vegas. I see it on Facebook groups. People will will mention, oh, Secret Pizza, it's the best pizza in Vegas. I don't feel that it is the best pizza in Vegas, but it is really good, as you put it. It's good late night drunk pizza. Mm-hmm. Like 2.30 in the morning, 3 in the morning, I'm stumbling back to my hotel room and I really am just craving a slice of pizza. My my drunk radar just homes right in on secret pizza and takes me right there. It just it fills your belly and it's not expensive. It's it's super reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's just really solid. I it's it's definitely on my late night list on the strip for sure. Um another spot that my drunk radar always tends to take me to is Grand Lux Cafe at the Venetian. Yeah. Grand Lux, you really can't go wrong. There's one at Venetian and Palazzo. They and we go there for breakfast every New Year's Day. I love Grand Lux. I always forget about it. I'm glad you brought that up. And then the only other place that kind of popped up for me for late night eats was Tom's Urban at New York, New York. They do a, a decent late night happy hour where they do half price appetizers and things like that. My wife and I went there on a trip back last spring. We didn't get into town until late at night and we didn't want to eat. We were hungry, but we didn't want to eat anything super heavy because we were bagged from the trip and we, we wanted to go to bed without feeling like a bag of garbage. And Tom's urban really just kind of fit the bill nicely because it was so, um, it was just decent sized portions, well priced, and yeah, it was it was just and it was kind of a cool vibe too. It, it, Tom's Urban is kind of a fun a fun spot to be, and the location is really good too. We were staying at Park MGM, so it was right right down the street in New York, New York. So those were my three spots for on the strip. Now that you said Park MGM, the Nomad Bar has a really great menu. Have you been there? Not as of yet, but it's another one of those places that is on my to do list to go and check out. I've heard absolutely incredible things so there's a nomad restaurant but then the nomad bars open late and they have i mean these crazy looking hot dogs this like kind of like fry i call it a fry roulette sort of sampler it's like different um things that are fried plus fries but yeah that place is very instagram instagrammable worthy food i guess but also great food so yeah. I, I like the way you put that fried roulette. I am uh I'm all about fried things with fries. So <laughs> Isn't that great? Much to my doctor's chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, of course. <laughs> um let's head off the strip, which According to all of my friends who live in Las Vegas and everybody I talk to who's a local, they say, you got to go off the strip. You got to get to some of these different places. The strip is great, but that's where the tourists go. If you want a real Las Vegas experience, you go elsewhere. You go away from the strip. So so let's do that. Let's talk about some great off-strip late-night places and, again, some menu idea suggestions if you've got. Sure. So um, I love off-strip. So one of the first place that comes to mind is Herbs and Rye. So Herbs and Rye is this awesome like steakhouse. They have half-off steaks during their happy hour, which is, I think, eight to 10. And then again, from, I don't know, midnight to 3am or something. So half off steaks, they've got cocktails dating back to like the 1500s, you know, like, 
you kind of go through the menu and you flip it and it's taking you through each century and which cocktail was like the light of the century, you know, um, or the decade or however it goes, but it, it it's really cool. So it's really, really dark and great, great steaks for a great price. Also Ferraro's, which is w- this wonderful Italian restaurant, which is so good. And they have a nice fair late night menu. That's a little bit more upscale and fresh. That's a great place. Um, so bootlegger is also another place. I don't know if you've been there. I have been to bootleggers bootleggers. I got taken to late one night by some friends after a show and mm. I was blown away by the place. And it was, um, uh, there was amazing entertainment, which was, which was loads of fun. We were there late on a Monday night and it was, um, Clint Holmes's wife, Kelly Clinton, her open mic night where, she basically invites um, any local performers just kind of strolling in after their shows and coming in for a drink and, hey, why don't you look at so-and-so from such and such a show? Why don't you come up and sing a couple of songs? And they do. And it was really cool. And the food was absolutely amazing, too. Yeah, that's definitely – Bootlegger is absolutely notorious for that. So I'm so happy to hear you were able to experience that. It's so fun. That's, you know, all the celebs back in the day used to go there. So it's so interesting that, that it's still living on. And finally, from episode number 59, The Tipping Point, international etiquette expert Jacqueline Whitmore joins me to unravel the mystery and controversy behind tipping in Las Vegas. If you are asking... The, the bellman to store your bags. Let's say your room isn't ready yet and you want to go and have fun in Vegas and you need a place to store your bags. The bell desk will oftentimes take your bags, put them in a room, um, tag them, make sure it's safe and secure. Then you go your, have your fun. And then when you come back to get your bags, um, they'll either take it up to your room which you should always tip the bellman to mm-hmm. take your bags up to the room. It's usually a dollar per bag, uh, $2 if the bag is big or extra heavy. Sometimes people tip three, but usually it's $1 a bag, one to two. And then if you're taking your own bags, maybe you're just there for an overnight or a quick weekend trip, then I would still give the bellman the same amount because, again, that person touched your bags, they stored it, they tagged it, um, they were friendly. So I would recommend that you give them a couple of dollars. Both on the drop-off and on the pickup? No, no, that's too much. Um, When you pick the bags up. Jacqueline, I'm so happy that you said that and that you and I are on the same page as each other for this, because I had an experience uh, about a year or so ago, I was checking into a hotel in Las Vegas. And when I was dropping off the bag at the bell desk, my room wasn't ready yet. So I wanted to drop my bag and go do some wandering around. And when I was dropping my bag at the bell desk, the, the, the agent there was dropping the not so subtle hints about getting a tip when I was dropping off the bag. They were pulling the old, oh, do you need a little bit of change, sir? Or, uh, you know, it, it might be a different person who brings you your bags than, than me. And I just, 
I thought, well, I don't know that I want to tip you to take my bags away. I kind of will tip you more to bring them back to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of your listeners may disagree with me. They may tip when they drop their bag off and then when they pick up their bag. Um, And and you've got a good point. Maybe it's a different person. Um, But also, bellmen pull their tips as well. Gotcha. That makes sense. Well, in all honesty, I'm just, I I feel a little bit vilified that you and I are on the same side on this because quite honestly, I got flamed big time on social media by people who said, oh, you're so cheap. You should have just tipped when you dropped the bags and when you picked up the bags. And in my mind, that just didn't seem reasonable. Well, you know, you're going to tip, you're going to tip a lot of people. I always say travel with a lot of $1 bills because in the hotel industry, and I worked in the hotel industry for years, I worked at five-star hotels in Palm Beach and in Orlando, and I know how hard those people work and I know how lowly paid they are. So whenever you uh, whenever somebody touches your bag, usually you, if not usually, always you give them a tip. Another subject I wanted to hit on that's kind of unique to the hotel world um, is room service. Now, I don't have a problem tipping room service at all by any stretch of the imagination. But what where things have become really interesting, and I've noticed this in the hotels that still offer room service, is most will charge a service fee for bringing you the food to your room, which again, I get that's, that's reasonable because they're providing a service and bringing it up to you. And it's not exactly convenient, but a lot of them have started charging an auto gratuity. They're throwing an automatic 15 or 20% on the bill as a gratuity. If that's the case, should I still be tipping the person that brings it to my room or is that auto gratuity? Is that there? Should I just be saying, thanks, Here you go. Well, you're right. Um, Hotels will charge a service fee. Uh, Usually it's 18% for the server to bring it to your room to set up the table if they still do that. I mean, so many hotels now are going to these brown bag breakfasts, which I I, I don't like. But anyway, but um, if they bring the table in, they set it up for you. They um, pour your coffee, etc. That's the 18% that um, oftentimes they'll put on there. Then if they don't have any kind of tip um, on there, now if they do, if it's a automatic gratuity, I would not pay on top of that. Um, but I'll oftentimes just ask the server, um, is this service charge also known as gratuity? And some of them will say yes. And then if I'm happy with the service, I might give them another dollar. But other than that, I usually do not tip um, extra with room service because there is an additional fee already on the bill. Now, what about housekeeping? This is a a very contentious one that tends to pop up on various discussion boards that I'm involved with. This is a tough one because... (laughs) I get it. I and I've I've been in some nasty hotel rooms in Las Vegas and I've seen the way people treat hotel rooms in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So the housekeepers are earning every single penny that that they they make when they're there and should be in my opinion the most highly paid people in Las Vegas for what they have to deal with. Tipping housekeeping 
is a discussion that always tends to come up. Should you be tipping housekeeping? How much should you be tipping them? When should you be tipping them? I mean, is it a a daily thing or whenever they're providing the service or do you leave a a little bit more at the end of your time? This is a, a real, real muddy one in my mind. You're right. They work very, very hard. Um, I don't know if you've ever made beds for a living. I haven't, but I have watched them make beds and clean bathrooms and clean toilets and vacuum and dust and et cetera, et cetera. It's backbreaking work and it's hard work. And they're probably the lowest paid people um, in the industry. I be, most people don't think about tipping housekeepers because you don't always see them mm-hmm. when you're out having a good time. They come into your room and then they make the room fresh and clean. And then you come in and enjoy that room. So I tip the housekeeper uh, every night and it might be just a couple dollars. It's not much, two or three dollars. And I leave it on the bed or the bathroom counter because housekeepers are oftentimes different every single day. So if you leave it at the end of the stay, that person may not have serviced your room a week ago when you checked in. So it's a little bit more work for you to put the money out every single night, but it ensures that the person who cleans it that day gets that money. And I mean, I guess the other question, and this is kind of a silly one, I guess, is should I be varying my tip on how messy my room is? And the only reason I ask is that, I mean, when I travel, I'm by myself. I, I keep I keep my room clean. I can't stand clutter in a hotel room. I, I If you could see my podcast studio right now, you wouldn't believe that I can't stand clutter in a room. But in a hotel room, I can't stand clutter. And when I'm leaving, I will pick up all my uh, pop cans or pop bottles and things like that, put them in the garbage and kind of clean up. Should I just say, you know what, I'm just going to leave a, a couple of bucks per night or whatever, or a little bit more at the end of it? Or should I be... I mean, how, how should I handle that? I guess. So I guess your question is, if you're a messy person, should you leave more money? Sure. You know what? That's a much more eloquent way of, of asking that question. And should, and should I be paying for someone else to be more messy is what I guess I'm asking. Well, you're really not paying for somebody else. You're paying for that housekeeper to take care of you or you take care of your room. And um, I, I mean, messy is subjective. I might not, I may think you're messy, but you may not think you're messy. So I guess to answer your question, I would say if you've had a party in your room and you know the housekeeper needs to clean that up the next day, then I would say be pretty generous. You know, leave that person uh, some extra money. And and is it just a good practice, and, and as you said earlier, good karma to maybe leave a few extra bucks at the end of your stay just because that person is going to have to do a little extra work, like maybe changing sheets, replacing towels, things like that? Yes, yes. That, that would be... Um, a good standard to apply. Just uh, remember that that last person who sees your room will be changing all the towels, all the sheets. Although depending on your length of stay, um, you may have already had that done. So 
you know, that's kind of a gray area. But I would say don't forget your housekeepers. I'm happy that we were able to to dive into this one in particular because the whole whether or not to tip the housekeeping staff at a hotel is one that seems to really bring up a lot of fire and fury and and heated discussion on various Vegas related message boards and and Facebook pages and such. Well, I hope more people tip their housekeeper because of this particular podcast. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this little recap and reshare of these awesome tips and tricks for planning a successful Vegas trip. For the full episodes, head to the website at jeffdoesvegas.com or jump into the archives wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And that wraps up another episode of the podcast. If you've got feedback on this episode of the show or any other episode for that matter, or you've got suggestions and ideas for topics you'd like me to cover on an upcoming episode, please feel free to reach out to me via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Jeff Does Vegas. You can also email me directly at Jeff at Jeff In the meantime, thank you so much for checking out the show. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. And don't forget to visit jeffdoesvegas.com for past episodes and show notes. 